You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. This is Angie. I'm your host today. And in the studio with me, Mr. Mark Bird with Revive Ohio. Hey, Angie. Today we have a very special guest. We loved him so much on the last week's uh, edition of Time to Revive that we asked him back. So would you like to introduce our guest today? I would. It'd be my pleasure to. And today we have the privilege and honor to be uh, in the studio with Pastor Nathan Branham. He's the pastor of Grace Fellowship Church in Lima, Ohio. Pastor Nathan, welcome. Guys, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, so today I'm super excited. I'm trying to contain myself and keep myself slowed down to the point because I'm really excited about this lesson today. And I want to introduce it by asking a question because I love to ask questions when we're doing this. And so because I really like to ask myself of questions just to check myself, check my motives, check to make sure that I'm on track with God. But here's the question today. What kind of disciple are you? Well, that's a loaded question, right? You know what I mean? What kind of disciples are there? I'm going to give you two choices today. Are you a PhD disciple or are you a GED disciple? Think about that. And you're like, I have no idea. That doesn't answer anything to me. I don't know how to answer that. But here's what I want to, I want to spell out for you. Are you a PhD disciple? Are you a pig-headed disciple? Ooh. Oh, wow. Or, are you a God-empowered disciple? Well, that's kind of wow. obvious. I want to be a GED. I want to be a God-empowered disciple. But what happens when we actually discover that there are pig-headed disciples out there? And sometimes we have a tendency to drift a little bit, don't we? If we're really honest, we have a tendency because we want to be God-empowered disciples. But do we find ourselves at times being a little pig-headed? I want to I want to show you an example in scripture today of when Jesus encountered this, right? And this is out of John chapter 5. And starting in verse 37, and the Father himself who sent me has testified of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form. But you do not have his word abiding in you, because whom he sent, him you do not believe. You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. And so a pig-headed disciple leans on his or her own understanding. And we know from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 that we're not supposed to lean on our own understanding, but in all of our ways, we're supposed to acknowledge him, and then he will direct our paths. And so if we find ourselves drifting from the God-empowered disciple over to being a little bit pig-headed disciple, right? What do we need to do? Get back. <laughs> we need to come back. And this is what he says at the end of this here. But if you're not willing to come to me, that you may have life. So in order to have life, you have to come to Jesus. You have to be empowered by him. And so our tendency is, I think as men, a lot of times, thank you, Lord, I'll take it from here. Right. And then what happens? We actually get pig headed. Right. Not thinking with our own mind, but thinking with the mind of a pig, because I'm 
all about me. I think that women have that tendency as Do well. They? I think a little bit. <laughs> I can't speak from that experience, but, but I, I didn't want to share with that. And so, Pastor Nathan, I'm going to ask you to chime in on this for a minute. And I see the wheels kind of spinning today. So what do you think? Well, Jesus was talking to the intelligentsia, the white tower, theological, philosophical minds of the day. They had slopped at the table of scriptural knowledge. They had fed on their own pride and they had become puffed up mm. in their own religious thinking. Right. Think about this. They had dedicated their lives to the Holy Scriptures. And I don't need to go anywhere else. I just simply point to my own self, point to me and say, I have been a pig-headed disciple so much in my life. I have taken the sword of the Lord and I have cut my brothers and sisters. I have turned the sword of the Lord. What Jesus was saying, he said, you won't come to me. Right. See, when we read the word of God in a certain way, it puffs us up in pride. It causes us to, to leave the father's house and to do our own things. And we will turn it on our brothers and sisters. And that's when we're in danger. So I've done that plenty of times in my life. And really, we set ourselves up for destruction, right? Right. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And the scary thing is for all of us as disciples of Christ, that is us. Jesus is saying, listen, you've searched the scriptures, but you missed it. I'm right here. Right. It's me. But you're just doing it to puff yourself up. First Corinthians chapter seven, I believe, says that knowledge puffs up. Yes. And it was the same apostle that said in second Corinthians chapter 12, therefore, there was given to me a thorn so that I wouldn't be exalted above That's measure. It. I think the ideal mark is that we become God empowered disciples and we have to just be oh so careful, oh so vigilant that we don't allow this love relationship with Jesus to become merely intellectual because when we do, we're in danger. I think you nailed it on the head right there because when we seek God in a love relationship, when there's a relationship, a communion between us and God, that's when we need to be seeking. And I think that changes everything when you go after him in the right way. Would you agree? Yeah, I would say absolutely. But now let me let me play angel's advocate here on the other side, because while we seek him in a love relationship, remember, this is faith. And so many times we can faith oftentimes becomes subjective. Mm. And so Pastor Mark just had a vision of God. How do we know if that's legitimate? Well, we have to go back to the textbook. We oh, have to. Absolutely. So, so, yeah. you see, so it is this balance. Jesus was the perfect balance of being a God empowered disciple, because what did he do? He balanced truth and grace. Yeah. The law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. He was the perfect man. Remember, he met the woman at the well. And, and just before this account right. in John chapter four, what did the, the lady was like, hey, she wanted to bring him into politics, bring him right. into religious talk. He said, don't worry about that. He said, there's something that's going to spring up on the inside yes. of you. He mm. was, they're going to worship the fire. Here's what I was trying to get to. The father is seeking those that will worship him in what? Spirit, Spirit and, and truth. truth. We, we have to grow up into that image. And Ephesians chapter four tells us that Jesus ascended on high, he led a train of vanquished foes, and he gave gifts unto men. What are they? Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Why? So they would be equipped for ministry and they wouldn't be children. Right. We have to be so careful. And, and I want to tell you, I have been so tossed and jerked around by the doctrines and the slight of men. And oftentimes that comes when I lose sight of Jesus and when I lose sight of what his word says, 
We just have to pray. Listen, this thing ain't easy. Can we just be honest? This walk ain't easy. And I know we like to as we're sitting in on these teaching sessions and we break things down into formulas. We have to be sincere and we have to be serious and say, God, listen, I don't know it. I've been pastoring now for 10 years. I've been a believer since 1994, pursuing Jesus with all that I have. And I have to come to him just like a little child. Right. And say, God, I messed this this whole thing up. I don't know nothing. Would you teach me just like you would a child? And I think if we have that attitude, I think we'll steer clear of being the PhD. Right. Right. <laughs> and be a GED. And we have this, we're in this topic called Jesus and what? Right. And so let's talk about how this fits in. What is it that you're getting to? Jesus and what? Right. And I love that, Angie, that you reminded me of that because that's basically what Jesus was saying to the Pharisees. Well, like, I am the fulfillment of this law that you have dedicated your life to. I am him. I am he. Okay. And so me and what? What else do you need? Well, a God-empowered disciple only gets his or her power from Jesus. Mm. And I love this because it's going to be a perfect segue into the next scripture, I believe. And this is out of Hebrews chapter four. And I'm going to start in verse one because he says, therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest. And I think about this and I think about all the times, Pastor Nathan, when I've been pigheaded over my walk and you know what I'm not doing? I'm not resting in him. I'm not empowered by him because Because he said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And guess what? When I'm puffed up, the yoke is heavy That's right. because I'm puffed up. Do you (laughs) see what I'm saying? And that's what I'm seeing here. And I'm going, wow, no, what our goal needs to be is resting in him. Because if I'm acknowledging him in all my ways, he will direct my paths. And it's easy and it's light. So let me go on. He said, Let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. For we who have believed do enter that rest. Therein is where we introduce the faith part, right? It's the faith in the Son of God, which we've talked in past weeks about. That's where our righteousness comes from. It's by the faith that was accounted to Abraham. It wasn't accounted to Abraham because he kept the law. It was accounted to him by his faith before the law even came. And so this is the same for us. If you're not in rest, if you're not in peace, then there's a chance you might be moving down the pig headed scale. (laughs) Right. And that's the practical application of this. So just take your pulse, just, you know, check your blood pressure. Right. Is it too high because you're striving for the law or because you're resting in grace? Okay, Mark, I'm going to take you down. You guys are like at a uh, a 12th grade level right now, or maybe even a a graduate degree level. You're having this great conversation. And I'm in my mind thinking, there are people who are listening who just don't get it. They don't understand really the 
basics. Let's get down to the foundation. Let's go back to kindergarten and let's talk about what faith really is. What is faith? Is that the thing you're saying? That's the thing that saves us. Well, if that's the case, what is it? Well, that's good, Angie. And I guess we really, as we would always do, we would go back to the scriptures and the scriptures actually clearly spells it out. What faith is. Okay. Give me some bullet points, man. I got to hear it. All right. So (laughs) Hebrews 11, one, and now faith is right. And this is what is describing what faith is. And this is the word's instruction for us. Now, faith is the substance. A substance is what? Something that you can tangibly feel, right? A substance okay. of things hoped for. And it's the evidence of things not seen. Because if everybody, if you just went out on the streets and took a poll and said, well, what is faith? Well, it's an intangible. How do you touch it? How do you feel it? But what this is saying is it's a substance of something that you hope for, but it's evidence of things that you cannot see. Because if you could see it, then it wouldn't be with faith. It wouldn't be a faith. Exactly right. (laughs) So I just want to not unpack this all the way today, but I want to just introduce that. Listen, here's what I want you to think as we transition into the next picture, which is the picture that we want to paint for you about becoming a Christian. Okay. So can you become a Christian without faith? Real quick, if my precious brother, that definition of faith, well, it's absolutely right on. Listen, I'm a Marine. My sister here was a Marine. (laughs) What we used to say is, you know, we need things broken down Barney style or shotgun style, right? (laughs) We need to make it simple, right? Yeah. So here's how I define faith, that if you can understand the Flex Seal commercial, you can understand faith. What's a Flex Seal commercial? You don't know what Flex Seal is? (laughs) I guess I don't. It is the next... level of sealing and sticking things together. You've never seen where he has the commercial and he's got the, he cuts the bottom of a boat out. He puts a screen in it, covers it up with this spray on rubber. You've never seen that. I have probably, I guess I'm have. guessing that a lot of our listeners will have seen flex deal. It's like the Billy Mays. This is the next product on TV. This is what you need. You know, it's really hyper fast. So here's what happens. Have you ever bought anything off TV ever? Maybe. Okay. A lot. I have. I don't so, think so. I, I think that maybe I, I have let resisted. Me just, I'll, I'll confess. I have been duped into buying plenty of things off TV. And you know what happens? You know what happens? You get them home and they never work like they said they would work. But here's, here's the clue. Here's the key about faith. Because they convinced you that this product was number one, exactly as they said it was and what you needed. And they persuaded you that you needed it and you bought it. What is faith? Faith is a persuasion. Mm. That's all that it is. In fact, you said we need to get down to the foundation. The Greek word there, and I know this is Greek and you say, well, I'm going to just complicate. It's really not. The Greek word there is hypostasis, and it means a title deed or a foundation and a confidence of having a title deed. So in other words, Mm. Mark, you could own a house in Florida right now, but have never had set a foot on it. But you have a title Mm. deed and you are confident that it is yours. Faith is a persuasion. That is, I believe what God has said. And so therefore, this ties perfectly with John 5, 39. Jesus said, you search the scriptures, but you missed me in it. Why? Because they weren't confident that God was their source. Mm. They were confident in their own intelligence. And the law. And the law. And their works to make them acceptable to God. Mm. How does faith come? How does this persuasion come? Listen, just like you watching an infomercial (laughs) commercial, you sit down and they persuade you. Man, that's good. Why do you go buy that Whopper? Because they persuade you that it is the 
juiciest, sizzlingest beef that you've ever had. And they convince you, you have faith. We are creatures of faith. Sister, you sat down in that seat today. You didn't check the nuts, the bolts. You didn't check and see if the glue was correct. Why? Because you had faith that it was yeah. going to hold you yeah, up. Yeah, that's right. Faith is to be convinced. And so here is why the Holy Spirit is so vital in this whole thing when we're talking about faith. Because we think out of our own cleverness and intelligence, we have believed on God. Oh, no, 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 no. The Holy Spirit has been working in your life. Some are listening to this broadcast and they're saying, man, what Mark is saying, what Angie saying, all of these things are so convincing. That's not us. Right. We don't, we're not that smart. Yeah, we're the not Holy, that good. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is working on the minds and lives of individuals to say, this is me. Yep. You can believe it. That's why faith is a miracle, because it's not nothing that I can do. It's a gift given. And generally we have it before we even know it. That's why John chapter one tells us that being born again is not of yourself. It's not the will of man. It's the will of God. So if you today sense, I want to believe this, that is God's spirit working on you without you ever knowing it. Faith is a response it's a, you are convinced, man, I believe because the Holy Spirit is convincing you and persuading you in your mind to believe what Jesus said was true. And there are people in the Bible who came to Jesus and he said it was because of your faith. Yes. And these were people that weren't disciples. They right. weren't Jews. Who were they? They, it, what didn't matter, did it? It no. was their faith. That no, made it, all did, the difference. it did not. In fact, we're told in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, okay, more Bible here is that Faith and grace are gifts, right? They are gifts from heaven. And when we reach out to take from God, it's because we're convinced that what he said is true. And the greatest gift is salvation. And can we go back to Romans 10? Yeah. 10, 9 and 10. Number five, our life scripture, right? Right. Yeah. For if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So you have to believe. Okay. I'm going to throw a wrench in your giddy up again, guys. <laughs> Go for it. So we have, we have people who say, okay, I believe in Jesus. I believe he is a savior, but I can't get it from my head to my heart. Where, where can we help them in that? Right. So the truth is that believing, right? If I say, I believe it's going to rain today and I walk out without my umbrella do I really believe it's going to rain today? No, that's a good point. You don't, right? And, and so you just kind of use that term loosely, right? So believing in your heart. And the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. So what I'm saying is, back to Romans 10, 9, and 10, right? If you will say Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Not just if you acknowledge it, because James tells us that even the demons believe and tremble, mm. but they believe, does that mean that they have faith? No, right? They believe, they know, they acknowledge with PhD, right? With pigheadedness, right? But going to a GED saying, the Lord is the source. Mm. You have That's to good. go to him. You have to tap into him and he as a gift, gives you that faith to receive his grace. It's a gift. You have to tap into it. You have to position yourself to receive it into your heart. And so here's a good question. How do I know that I have faith? Number one, I believe that God said all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 
right? I believe that. And that Jesus is the only way by his being raised from the dead. He justified me. His work was enough. Right. I know that I have faith, but now here's the other thing. I also receive from him what he's offered. So when, when we do go out on teams, we give them a bracelet we always make them do a song and dance, don't we? <laughs> and pay us a dollar. No, never. Right. They don't right. have to do anything. Nope. They reach out. And so in the same way, we have to teach people what faith is and how to practically apply it. Right. Here's how we simply and practically apply receiving from God. You believe in your heart. So just this simple. Do you believe that what Jesus did for you on the cross was payment enough for all of your sin, that he will wipe away every sin debt. You have a sin debt, a mile high that you cannot eradicate. But do you believe that what Jesus did and his rising from the dead was payment enough? And if they say yes, and they say, yes, I believe that. And I believe that Jesus is my Lord, not just over creation, but over my life now, because I want to bow my knee to his kingdom. They're saved. They have faith. We have to teach this. Guys, there's a time when you and I had to learn how to send a text message, right? We had to learn how to send an email. You and I have to learn how to operate by faith. And this is how you do it. You ready? You believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. That's right. And and it goes on in Romans 10. And then verse 9 tells us how to be saved. Now watch this. Verse 10 tells us how to continue in faith. Right. It says, for with the heart... Man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. You want to know how to walk this thing out? You believe it in your heart, you confess with your mouth. But what am I believing? I'm believing the scripture. So I think your original question was, how does somebody that doesn't feel like they're in get in? Mm -hmm. They believe. I'll just share from my own experience. There was a time in my Christian life where I was so wishy-washy, up one minute, down the next. God loved me today. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Next, God hated me. Yeah. He was going to curse me. And right. I was, why? Because I didn't have faith. You know, that all changed the day that God, he gave me a spiritual song and it's called Have Faith. And from that, because the spirit whispered to my heart, mm. based on the scriptures, got my faith, his sword. Now, am I perfect? Oh, God forbid. Is my walk always steady? Oh, hardly. <laughs> but I want to tell you, the wrinkles and the kinks in so many areas have worked out simply not because I worked, right? but because I had faith. And that is, I'm just convinced with my heart and I confess with my mouth. Amen. Is that work? No, it's a response to his love. That's it. It's a response to his love. And you're persuaded. I am persuaded. I am convinced that he loves me. Now here's the challenge is believing that God loves me. And here's what I know. Nine out of 10, more than likely listening to this broadcast, are convinced that God's probably mad with them. Yep. Not only mad at them, but is resisting them. That's good. And we are here today as the, as the voice of the word of God to tell them, God's not mad at you. He was mad at his son. That's he right. poured out his wrath on the cross of Calvary. And now your way is made. The door is open. His arms are ready to embrace Amen. you. All you've got to do is receive it. That's right. The problem is if we continue to think he's mad, we're essentially holding our hands up to God and saying, right. God, talk to the hand because I believe you're mad. Because we end up resisting his we res- grace. We're pigheaded. Instead of him resisting us that we're tricked into believing by the, by the enemy. And what you said earlier, when you said we have to believe that our sins are forgiven, but what ends up happening is we, in our back of our mind, go, accept that one. We forget that every sin is forgiven. Even that one that keeps trying to come up and say, oh, but not me, not me. No, that's a lie. 
That's a lie. Well, Romans 8.1, isn't the book of Romans amazing? It is. <laughs> <laughs> there is now, faith is now, right. Hebrews 11, but now there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk after the spirit and not the flesh. And what do we find? How do you distinguish that? How do I know if I'm in the spirit or if I'm in the flesh? Simple. What do you think about? Yep. Whatever I think about is what I worship. And watch this. Whatever I worship, I talk about. That's right. Did you follow that? Yeah. Whatever I think about that, I worship and whatever I worship, I talk about it. So we have Michael Bolton making songs. When a man loves a woman, that's all he thinks about. Right. He's right. He's worshiping this woman, essentially. right. Right. So we know this. If I if I'm in the spirit, that means, according to Colossians, my mind is set on things above where Christ is seated. So whatever we're thinking about, we're prioritizing God first in our mind. Do you, do you hear how practical this is? So I put this to you guys and I put this to our audience. What are you thinking about? Right. Whatever you are thinking about primarily is what you are worshiping. Well, well I, I don't like that because I think about my job a lot. Well, <laughs> I'm not trying to offend you. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to place you. Right. Where are you at? Mm. Because it goes back to this Romans 10, 9. It does. If, if you're persuaded, listen, we can convince ourselves of certain things. That's why as a GED, a God empowered disciple, right. I'm in the scriptures to see how God has empowered me, not how I can build my pride and make people think I'm something great. Right on. I have to rely upon the word and his word will empower me. And I can convince myself that what he said is true. It'll build my faith and watch this. I'll begin to speak and my life will follow my words. And that should be the words of Jesus. Well, this is so good, but I have to put the brakes on because we're out of time. <laughs> but listen, Nathan, I want you to come back for our conversation for next week because we're in this this whole series called Jesus and What? And that was that was it. That was, you just nailed it, right? right. Mark, would you? Oh, amen. So, amen. so we're going to continue this conversation next week. Jesus and what? And we're going to be digging in more into the scriptures and having another great conversation, I'm sure. So make sure you join us next week for another edition of Time to Revive. Thanks for listening today for Mark Bird and Nathan Branham. I'm Angie. This is Time to Revive. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at shinefmohio.com. We're community-supported Shine FM.